Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas, joined as always by former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. He is also the uh, pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And as always, uh, we're produced by Peyton Russell, who also works with us at 105 Through the Fan. Peyton, why don't you just pop in here real quick and wave hi and stop being shy. Just wave hi to the people. They want to see you. What's up, guys? There he is. There's Peyton. All right. We didn't say you could talk. We just said you could be seen. Uh, Seen but not heard. Yep. You're like a kicker, uh, unless it's Brandon Aubrey. Uh, Brian, the Dallas kid. That's Peyton. Peyton does a great job. We're trolling him. We do it because we love him. Uh, Brian, the Cowboys get their... Their biggest victory of the year, I would say, uh, over the Philadelphia Eagles, 33-13. to 13. The only one that I will, before we dive into the specifics of this game, um, the only reason why I say maybe their biggest game, Brian, is this a bigger victory, psychologically, whatever else, than when they had to bounce back and go on the road and beat the Chargers after the 49ers game? Do you think that's a bigger psychological victory this week, or is the Chargers still probably a more impressive victory for their psyche? I think the, the, the victory against the Eagles – was the one that's done them the most good. You know, they, they needed to put that behind them of what happened in Philadelphia. And I, I, I just, from a standpoint of what it meant, a home game, a chance to be leading the division at this point, I, I think this one was the one that I would, the, the Chargers win was, I thought, a nice one at the time. But last night, I really... Uh, enjoyed watching them play. I enjoyed watching the tape this morning. I, I was I was so curious of how they were going to handle uh, dealing with Hassan Reddick and some others, uh, how they were going to play in the secondary against these wide receivers, how were they going to pressure uh, Jalen Hurts in this game. You know, uh, I, th- th- this, this one to me had all the makings of everything that I was as a – you know, watching the team play that I was hopeful for them that they I, I'm honestly happy for the Cowboy fans because I see and that's the one thing that that Twitter X does for you, that it, you see the everyday fight between these two fan bases. Yep. And, you know, and, I, and I'll tell you this, I, if any Philadelphia Eagle fans are listening to our broadcast right now or just to check it out. I want to thank you for coming through the broadcast position yesterday when we were at the Miller Lite Plaza and coming by and just basically getting in our face and yelling and making it. It was a great atmosphere. There were plenty of Eagles fans out there. There were a lot of Eagle fans, a lot of Kelly Green. But, and I, and I, you know, I've worked on both sides of this. I'm the guy from Dallas that worked for Philly and and I'm the guy, you know, I've, I've been both sides of this. And it, it is an intense rivalry. It really, really is. Uh, what's on the line is intense. The fan base make it even more intense. And so um, I think it, I think it for the Cowboys' perspective, I don't think you could have drawn it up any better for Cowboy fans and for the Cowboy team in the way that they, they got out of that one last night. Yeah, and look, this is my big takeaway from this one, Brian, and and we can jump into some of the You're specifics about to say of what we saw. Popular here? No, 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 no. I I think that it may sound negative, but I think it's actually a real positive for this football team right now. What I'm about to say, I don't know that Dallas. I don't think Dallas played particularly strong across the board. Philadelphia was able to move the ball somewhat efficiently against you. Um, they come up with big plays, big turnovers. They deserve credit for that. But Philadelphia was able to move the ball pretty efficiently. 
I thought the quarterback wasn't as sharp as he's been in recent weeks. I, I think, you know, there was, he hit his stride a little bit, uh, you know, more in the second quarter, but there were some throws early and late where he was late or he was a little bit high. Um, we had the CD lamb drop. There were times that the, the offensive line, I think, you know, had, had their issues, but overall that's the thing that I think is impressive or the thing that you can take away from this is, they did not put their best game out there, in my opinion, on either side of the ball. I, I think they were better defensively because at the end of the day, you can't say, look, they they just took one of the top five offenses in the NFL and held them to six points. You can't complain about that too much. But I think my big takeaway coming out of this is they didn't play their best football and they still beat one of the top contenders in the NFC by 20 points. And that's something where realistically, if not for maybe a little being flippant with the ball, Dak, and and trying to roll out and make something happen, they probably beat him by closer to 30. Um, and so I think that that's the impressive thing is that I think if if they give them their A game across the board yesterday, Dallas beats Philadelphia in this game by 40, potentially. I mean, they they just were in complete control of this game, even without playing their best game, in my opinion. You know, um, I understand what you're saying. Um, I know sitting down and watching the all 22 the thing i came from it was i was super impressed with the way that dak was able to read decipher things that philadelphia was trying to do to him defensively mm-hmm. you know i think he i think this you know with dak there's there's things that you 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 look at and you're just saying guy he's just so natural throwing to his left Guy's got really good touch. Guy's, you know, boy, he's you know, that's a that's a gritty play right there. Boy, we scramble for yards. Boy, what a tough play that was. I I thought that was one of those games last night where Dak really thought the game through. You know, and mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean it in a way, Bobby, of he read what Philadelphia was trying to do to him coverage wise. When sure, you know, when when they try and take an edge and drop that edge into coverage, you know, with, and, and then he finds Ferguson, Ferguson's playing in line next to Ty, uh, Tyron Smith. And he's reading that Nolan Smith is going to be in coverage on his guy because he sees what's happening in the secondary. Which is he's, not normally what they ask Nolan Smith to do. No. There. And that's what I'm saying. He, he knows that he's like, okay, well, who's going to cover my guy here? And it looks well. It looks like this is going to be Nolan Smith, and then all of a sudden Nolan Smith drops, and here's an arc release from from the tight end, and Ferguson's now up the seam, and you're going, and Dak just immediately gets him the ball, you know, and it's a huge yeah. play, and you know there were there were things that in this game where it just he he really anticipated what was going to happen to him or what potentially can happen. And if Dak wins the MVP, and I said this on a couple of platforms today, mm-hmm. I said it on the break. So if you listen to the break, thank you very much on DallasCowboys.com. If you listen to our show on 105.3, the fan to G-Bag Nation, I appreciate you as well. Krusty's Corner 240. Uh, got to get got to get that branding in there. Got to get that branding in there. Because <laughs> like I don't need enough things to do. And I do appreciate everybody out there that does listen. But the thing about it is, though, the the – the, just the anticipation that he was able to play with in, in this football game. And if he if he wins the MVP award, the play they need to show is the pass that he threw to Ferguson, how somehow in the blitz of Kevin Byard's face, I mean, just 
free rusher coming right at him. Somehow he gets the ball over Bayard and gets the ball inside to Ferguson, who's getting mugged by Sidney Brown. I mean, he puts mm-hmm. the ball, and all of a sudden you put your hands up, and you're just looking at it and you go, man, what an anticipation of a throw. Here you are facing the blitz right down the gut, and you stand there and make a confident throw that, that could have just got knocked in the air, could have been tipped, could have been one of those uh, 2022 Dak Prescott interception plays. Yeah. You know? But it turned into like a 37-yard gain. You know, it just – it was that – I felt like it was that kind of game for Dak. And, yeah, maybe the he was amped up. I, I Trust me, I lived with a quarterback in Green Bay that played the first three series of the game with Brett Favre, always amped up. Mike oh, Brett Favre. I thought, I thought yeah. you were going to say Don Majkowski. <laughs> The Magic Man, <laughs> yeah, uh, one one game with the two games with the Magic Man, and but the uh, but yeah, it was and Mike Holmgren would call plays, call Mark Shamira fifty x spot, which was just a little curl route, little hook route, yep. and he and he throw that ball, and then it would get, you know, Brett would settle down. Other than that, he'd throw the rocket ball that would go seven feet over everybody's head, and he was all you know so amped up, and I and in the pregame, I told Eric Chiafalo that I was worried that maybe that Dak just needed to settle into the game, settle into the game, you know, and don't, don't let the emotions of the, the atmosphere and the opponent affect the way that he's playing. And I felt like yeah. maybe early in the game, there was a little of that, but man, that throw he made to, to CD lamb on the touchdown for him to roll to his left, basically do his jump man type of splay, throw the ball, you know, on the run left, going to the left. And put it right on Lamb for a walk-in, you know that's man, that's that's playing at a high level right now. Oh so yeah, no, and I, and, and, not, and I, I get what you're saying because the the thing I'm learning and and soon to be sixty years old tomorrow on Tuesday. Happy early birthday! Well, it'll be happy birthday by the time this yeah, uh, this airs. This. Thank you, I appreciate that. But I've learned all these years that man, these quarterbacks, everybody's got a different opinion of what they think they're. The level they're playing at, but I mean, you've been all on Dak all along about the level sure. he's played at. I give you, cons- I give you a lot of credit because the consistency that you've shown with Dak, it mirrors the consistency that Dak's been playing with. You know, you I mean you've been consistent about well, this is what he does, this is what he does, and it's it's actually proving correct. I know people give you a lot of s about it. You know, like oh, you Homer this that and the other, but you know you've been right about him. But this quarterback man, you talk about just the the ebb and flows of things you have to deal with, but he's playing at a super high level. And I think yesterday was one of those games where it was it was thinking man Dak that found a way to make some plays, maybe when he wasn't at his best. Maybe he was Mike Maddox, uh, or excuse me, Greg Maddox, Mike Maddox pitching coach for the Rangers. Maybe he was Greg Maddox when you don't have your best stuff, but you're finding a way to kind of, you know, use what you have to to get the win. Yeah, I think that he like, like you talking about the reads and the decisions he made. I think that was all correct. Like I think yeah. that what you saw yesterday, he was still playing at a high level in terms of you know pre and post snap diagnosis and everything that else that he was doing. I think that that was there. I guess more my thing where I don't think it was. I just don't think it was as sharp throwing the football in this one. 
I, and now look, yeah, he, 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 he made wrong. some big plays. He had the, the Ferguson one, like you talk about the Gallup throw was really impressive. Yeah. The one that lamb probably should have finished down the sideline. Yeah. that was. I mean, you have all those, there, but then there's also, okay. He sailed one a little bit to Ferguson. He kind of yeah. sailed one a little bit to Gallup. Um, there was the, I can't remember who was trying to, he was trying to hit lamb and Morrow. Yeah, it Moro. Like Lamb, yeah, it looked like Lamb. There was one of them where Lamb looked like he was a soccer goalie and kind of tried to kick his leg out. To you know, I mean the ball. Yeah, was, and so, and so yeah. I, I think I think mechanically or just his actually just throwing the football yesterday, yeah. he just wasn't as sharp. No, but it, as, no. as he's been in recent weeks, but that, that's a, a little nitpicky thing. I think overall he played a a good game. Um, I, I just don't know that it's been execution wise to the level. I, I think everything in terms of what he was seeing and what he was reading was on point yesterday. His biggest his biggest mistake, in my opinion, was he lacked pocket awareness on the sack fumble. And because Yeah, that felt like that shouldn't have happened. That when you watch it. Zach Martin was Zach Martin wasn't in great position, but Zach Martin, all Zach Martin could do was push Fletcher Fletcher Cox to his left. he That's mm. all he could do. He really was in bad shape. He just tried to push him and hope that maybe Dak would go behind him, you know, would go behind and step to his right. Because on the play, Dak even mentioned it in the post game. He, he's like, I gave up six, could have had six. And he's absolutely right because Lamb, excuse me, uh, Cooks is runs a route and he, he wins. And they got... Tolbert and Lamb are running inside, and now four guys, four Eagles are running with them, running with two guys. So you got one on one on the outside with Cooks, and all Prescott has to do is get the ball out there, and it's a touchdown. But he kind of drifts in the pocket, he drifts, he drifts, and then he drifts into a sack. And as he's trying to load up the throw, that's when Fletcher Cox knocks the ball out of his hands. Yep. You know, as he's loading up. And, it, you know, I mean, him moving to his left and throwing all the way back to the right. I've only seen one guy do that really, really well for a long distance, and that was Favre in the Detroit playoff game one time that we won at the Super, uh, the Silverdome. But it, it, it would have, you know, it just that was the one time I thought, ah, Dak, just really not great pocket awareness on that particular play. He really didn't help. He didn't help uh, Martin out at all. But you know that that's going to happen in games. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, the fact that, again, we're talking about, ah, it didn't look quite as good as it has in recent weeks, and yet we're sure. still talking about 271 yards and two touchdowns I, and no interceptions. That just speaks to the level that he's been I, playing you at. Know, he's having these multiple games now, seven games in with two-plus two plus, uh, touchdowns, and we're not mm-hmm. talking about turning over. The, the, the fumble was unfortunate. That, that really was an unfortunate play, in, in my opinion. That, 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 just, that gave Philadelphia hope, and then you had to kind of – Okay, let's ratchet this thing back together here and and figure out a way to to close this game out. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.